0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com
1: slash switch.
2: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month.
0: Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Hello, everyone. Helen here. Today I'm here to tell you about Celine, a podcast recently launched on the RQ network. Step into Celine, a city cloaked in darkness and teeming with horrors. From evil headmistresses to murderous marionettes, black worm parasites, haunted hotels, and eerie sleepwalkers, meet the paranormal investigators of Needle Street, newly arrived to battle the encroaching malevolence. Inspired by Poe, Edward Gorey, and Agatha Christie, their adventures promise twisted mysteries and unforgettable characters. Immersive audio brings the city to life, blending dark humour with bone-chilling suspense. Join the investigators as they navigate Celine's shadows, where mystery and intrigue await at every turn. And now you can experience the thrill of Celine in Dolby Atmos. So search Celine wherever you get your podcasts, that's S E L E N E, or visit www.rustyquill.com for more information. Hello, folks. Helen here, voice of Azu in Rusty Quill Gaming. This is an advert for the podcast Anomaly. Anomaly is a TTRPG meditation podcast that takes you into a world of magic and fantasy. You'll be invited to imagine yourself in scenarios like learning to cast a tranquility spell or exploring a land once vanquished by a dragon, all connected by a shared mythology. The podcast combines the traits of a great dungeon master with those of a meditation guide, weaving tales of fantasy that stretch the imagination, while you learn to center yourself find confidence, and relieve stress. Featuring the voices of Ruth Connell from Supernatural and Todd Stashwick from Star Trek Picard, Anomaly is available wherever you find podcasts or at seekanomaly.com. That's S-E-E-K-A-N-O-M-A-L-I-E ecom com. That's all from me. Enjoy your episode and take care of yourself.
3: Hi everyone, Alex here. Just a quick warning ahead of today's episode. This is the first of the episodes we recorded remotely once lockdown began, and unfortunately Bryn's setup had a bit of a problem during recording that we only discovered after the session, meaning that for the next couple of episodes, his audio quality will be a little worse than normal. Our editors have worked hard to clean it up and make it a bit more intelligible, and we were able to repair the fault for later recordings, but you will just need to bear with us for the next couple of episodes. As always, thanks for your time, we hope you're all happy and healthy, and we hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to the Rustic Quill Gaming Podcast, episode 158. I'm your host and GM, Alex Newell. With me today, I have... Ben Meredith. Bryn Monroe, Lydia Nicholas. And Helen Gould. And who are you playing? Zolf Smith.
1: Hamid Harun Al-Tahan. Sel
3: Sidebottom. And Azu. Okay, we did it. We did it. We did it. So, uh, for listeners, Alex is real bad at intros in the new system. (laughs) So, for everyone, this is us recording remotely. This is the first of our attempts where we're basically recording main campaign, but we're doing so from separate locations. Seems to be working. We've done our tests. How are people feeling about it?
4: I'm actually inside your house. Alex
3: <laughs> That would make life so much easier just Like that would just make life so much easier Hiding If everyone wants to move into my loft You just you just say okay Secret I, I do not want to move
1: into your loft <laughs> Just to get that out there
2: I mean the, the commuting is a lot easier
1: <laughs> That is true That is true My bed is literally just behind this wall
2: I mean I think I can reach my bed from here like, not quite, If I leaned harder
3: Recording from your bed with the covers over like up to your chin is forbidden. That is a that is a hard rule we're going to set now.
2: I could could put a duvet over me, Alex. Think think how good the sound quality would be. (laughs) (laughs) So I do ask our
3: listeners like to bear with us and so on. You might notice like the energy is a little bit different and maybe the recording quality might have changed. It should be like fine, but just bear with us as we all get used to the to the new system. With that in mind, I should probably recap where we've been because it has been so long. Oh, God. It has been so long since we've recorded.
2: 2,000 years. (laughs) Alex built a time machine just so we could go back and record the side quest which just aired and then, oh, and then yeah. back. it's been 2,000 years it's, since we last recorded. It's true,
3: it has. It's been at least 2,000 years. So in terms of what has happened in this timeline, a sentence I never wanted to say in a recording. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, Sasha's letter was read. Zolf had a chat with Azu, where Azu laid down some like hardcore Aphrodite counselling. That went quite well. <laughs>
1: It was definitely softcore.
3: It was definitely softcore. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Then I'll be honest. Most of the last episode was us discussing increasingly ludicrous ways to travel a large distance.
4: Uh, None of them were ludicrous. Uh, All of them were completely (laughs) within my capabilities. (laughs) We ended
3: up finishing with Cell returning to a village that was still there. Yay! With people having a fun party because the rain ended. Because I am a benevolent god who gives only good things to those who wait. (laughs)
1: Oh, such lies. Such lies. You're only getting away with this because I'm not there and I can't <laughs> tap you with no this No one pencil. can hit me. It's
3: wonderful. <laughs> so what I am going to suggest we do is that we pick up probably the next day. So the fate having sort of played itself out a little bit and for people to have had a bit of decompressed time and also, frankly, to give Wild a moment to start doing research. But what I'm going to be doing is asking people, assuming that you are just... Obviously, you're all tied to the inn to a degree, but with 24 hours, I'm going to go around and ask what people are doing. And then I'm going to end up by asking Sel whether you're returning to the inn, like what's going on there. Okay. so first things first, Helen, Azu has 24 hours at the inn. What's the plan?
1: Azu is going to be trying to be calm and quiet and a reassuring presence. <laughs> Are you doing that in the way that's genuinely helpful? Where
3: it's like, hey guys, if anyone needs anything, I'm here. Or is that going to be the thing where you stand just a little bit too close to people going, you okay? you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? You're still okay? No, no, Are you no, okay? no. She's
1: learned she's her lesson about that since talking to Wilde, and Wilde definitely being like, no, leave me alone. So. okay. I think she's uh, like a pleasant lurking. <laughs> so.
2: As, as it was pleasantly lurking, understood. <laughs> lurking with intent.
1: <laughs> yes, just being, just Lurking being with quite visibly to and to make happy. <laughs> yes, and just like I'm here, I'm around. I have, I have ears,
4: <laughs> little, little pointy ones. Yes, yeah.
1: and maybe she does a little, has a little like ride on the beach with topaz. Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. In that case, then Hamid, same
2: question. Hamid is probably still pursuing his campaign to um, halfling eyes himself in front of the kobolds rather than being some sort of distant. You know, weird, powerful creature. He wants them to see him as a person. Can I get you to give me a perform check, please? Perform, <laughs> not perform- diplomacy
3: No, 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 no. Talking to them will just make it worse. <laughs> you just have to perform normal to the best of your abilities.
2: That's a shame.
1: Oh, that's relatable.
2: <laughs> my, Sometimes my, my talking my only, my isn't point, the solution. My only point in perform is drama. Oh, drama's probably not going to help you in this one. It's the
4: opposite do you, do you, of what you well, want Well, exactly. Do you, do,
2: you, do you remember the time I tried to make a dramatic entrance in the opera scene and you made yes. me roll perform drama? He now has a point in that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll roll without that extra plus noted, one.
3: Noted. Noted.
2: 13.
3: 13. You do no damage.
2: <laughs> and
3: if that isn't winning, I don't
2: know what is. Hamid also wants to be productive. So the other thing he will start to do is to create cold-weather gear for the gang.
1: Oh, my gosh, we with your
2: container? We don't have any cold-weather gear. We do have a bit of hot-weather gear for some unknown reason. But wait, assuming wait. he can find any level of materials at all or repurpose them, he'll start to create cold-weather gear for people.
4: Wait, did we definitively decide on the polar option?
2: No, but we're going to Svalbard, which is I inside hold. the Arctic Circle. <laughs> I mean... It's going to get cold at some point regardless. <laughs> Like, I mean, I guess we don't, I don't even know what season it will be at, in Svalbard, so it might not be too cold, but there's a chance it will be cold and it won't hurt. We, and, you Take... know, we've got Endure Elements, so we may not need it regardless, but it won't hurt, basically, and it gives him something to do that might be useful.
4: And Endure Tailoring... Elements is not stylish.
2: <laughs> Tailoring takes a while, for obvious yeah. reasons. He's assuming we're not leaving anytime soon.
3: Thankfully, because of the nature of this climate, there are some furs kicking around at the inn that you can retrofit. It takes a little bit... I forget, do you speak Japanese?
2: No. I have Comprehend Languages, so I can cast the spell which will let me understand other people, but gotcha. it does not allow me to talk Japanese back to them.
3: There is a brief little miscommunication where the innkeeper is just convinced that you're saying you're cold and keeps bringing you blankets, but eventually some communication happens and you're allowed to retrofit a few furs that are kicking around the place.
2: Cool. Do you want me to make a profession tailor check?
3: You know what? Yes. I was going to say, no, we'll wait to see if you get attacked, but you. you... Nah, go on. <laughs> You're fine. 20 total. 20 total. You managed to make a. Who do you want to start making stuff for? Yourself or other people? And if other people who?
2: I'd probably start with Azzy. Not Aww. to play favorites or anything. <laughs> Pick a piece of clothing
3: that you are going to attempt to make a
2: big fluffy jacket with a hood. Big fluffy jacket. She doesn't have any hair. Her head might get cold.
3: That's true. I need to ask another arbitrary detail: is uh, is this to be intended to worn over the armor, or under the armor, or not with armor at all? Over the armor. Okay, you proceed to make which is a terrible not-
2: idea, actually, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think Hammond's worked that out. He's never really been to cold places. He's not an armour guy. When was the last time Hamid wore armour? Fresh and Taylor helps him make it. It doesn't help him understand the principles of insulation.
3: So the good news and bad news is, the good news is you have made the single biggest parka that has ever been constructed. And for what it's worth, it looks like it's probably going to fit Azu and it's going to be the right size. The negative is you have used all of your materials that you set aside for four people on Azu's one enormous parka. She basically will be walking around wearing the best part of a full rug. (laughs) Do you know what? Like proper like ice climber
1: style. That sounds about right. But it'll do the job. I'll give you that. You know it'll uh, do the job.
2: Are you going to give this to Azu or is it going to be a surprise? Oh no, I'll definitely give it to Azu at some point, yeah. Aww. I, well, this probably happens a couple of days later. It probably doesn't happen instantly. I don't know. I'll let, I'll sure, let sure. Alex tell me when I can actually give it to you. In which case,
3: Zolf, you're up. You have 24 hours before like things progress. Is there anything else that you wanted to be doing during a little bit of downtime? Being outside and alone. <laughs> <laughs> Understood. One question. Because of the nature of your character, is this being used in anything approaching like spiritual contemplation with the powers that be or anything like that?
0: I mean, introspection, but given the nature of my powers, I don't think there's anything to contemplate to,
3: as it were. That's kind of what I meant, is you weren't reaching out, you were just, like... No, because
0: my, my power is internal, so yeah. I have no reason to reach out.
3: Yeah, that's fine, that's fine. In which case, then, that leaves me to sell. Your fate went real, real well. Everyone was super chill and happy, yep. and... All I need to know is I'm assuming that you tell them the whole show-in thing is dealt with.
4: Yeah, yep. Yeah. So uh, I think wins a cuddly toy. Uh, I can I can roll for success at knocking down coconuts if you want. And
3: no, I'm going to say that you will succeed. Can you roll for scale of cuddly toy? <laughs> <laughs> okay,
4: I do actually have some dice. Where twenty is actively problematic. Yep.
3: And one is keychain.
4: Oh, two. So, <laughs> okay, so
3: it's a little dinkly, one, little uh, dinkly yeah. one. What's it cuddly toy of, most importantly?
4: It is a red panda. A
3: red Oh nice yeah. So we're gonna say that your fate lasted into the night and that you're up the next day. I need to know are you returning to the inn to reconvene with people or not?
4: No, they'll stay in their shop. They'll stay overnight there. Need to be summoned, I think. They're gonna enjoy being at home.
3: That's that's fine. Okay, cool. In which case then I am going to say that you have the evening of the fate. You have a full day of lurking with intent to love, <laughs> sewing, mulling, and basically catching up, let's be honest, from themselves side of things. So a full 24-hour cycle of that. And then the day after that, Wilde sort of asks everyone into his office, the core party to be specific, when you all have a moment. I'm assuming you do.
4: Mm-hmm. Sure. Yep. And okay. I, I suppose cell will come then, if they're specifically asked.
3: He wouldn't have called for you yet. Okay. So okay. it'll be the people who are immediately there.
4: I'm just going to mime all the things I'll be doing while you have your deep chat.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, how is everyone feeling?
4: Um,
2: Fine. Good as can be expected, I suppose.
3: Yes. As always, mixed news. I think I've managed to track down Earhart. Good. And... She seems close enough that we can probably pursue that as an avenue. So what's the bad news then? Things to be aware of. Einstein's currently off the grid. Not necessarily an unusual thing. It's happened before, but just so you know.
1: Off the grid as in no one knows where he is? The problem we're at is
3: that off the grid in that no one knows where he is, but sometimes that's intentional and sometimes it's not, and it's really difficult to tell which it is at any time. Oh, Let's just say that he's off the table as a player for the foreseeable. Okay. I've also been warned that although Earhart might be an avenue, there might be some work at our end to get um, to get her ship shape, shall we say. She's injured? I don't know. I know that her vessel was damaged. Oh, dear. She's injured. I am assuming she's injured. However, I've been told that she should still be capable of uh, making a journey of this calibre. But unfortunately, what that does mean is that we are going to have to head to her. She is not going to be, to be coming to us. Where is she? As far as I'm aware, she's currently in Hiroshima, which would make sense. It's a, it's a major airport. It makes sense that she would end up there, but we're going to have to get there ourselves. I'm not especially worried about the transport, but here we are. All right, well, I'll start packing then. We're moving as soon as possible, right? Ideally, yes. All right. I need to ask, did anyone confirm with Cell whether Cell was willing to stick with us? I'd prefer them to if they would.
2: They they offered to, yeah, keep travelling with us and to keep helping.
3: In that case, then, I'd ask one of you to request their presence.
2: I'll I'm, go. I'm happy to go and visit them. Do we think it'd be better if it was just one of us or all three of us?
3: I leave it to your good judgement. I'm going to be speaking with Barnes in terms of chartering a vessel towards Sakaiminato. Realistically, I'm looking to set forth tomorrow, if possible. I'll be coming with. We're, at this stage, it seems sensible to shelve the inn as a uh, an hq Are barnes and carter coming with us potentially okay there are a few things i would like to pursue a little further before i can make that call they'll certainly be traveling with us as far as hiroshima
1: and how far is that away from here
3: we're looking at a, a gentle day's sailing towards the port and then a few days travel by horse that sounds quite nice I believe I've managed to find us a route that should avoid any major urban centres. It should be a ride in the country, but when has it ever been?
1: There's, there's always time for things to be nice.
3: Here's hoping. Well, in that case then, I have a number of arrangements to make. If we could make sure that Cell is uh, present at the inn at first light tomorrow, we can begin the journey if that's applicable for everyone.
0: Yeah, I'll keep packing up here if you two want to go
3: and get him. Thank you. Okay, Zolf. Wild gestures for you to sort of head out and then returns to his his enormous mounds of paperwork. i head out. He's such a projection of you. <laughs> no, he's not. Wild's really helpful. <laughs> I'm all of his worst traits with none of the positive ones. Who is heading to sell, then?
2: Sounds like Hamid and Azzi. Probably, though, all the kobolds as well. Oh, because remember, one of the suggestions was that all the non-Skrark kobolds potentially stay in Sales village and help out yeah. Jasper.
3: Yeah, they are all going to be coming with you. That's true.
1: Okay, how many kobolds are there again?
2: There's Skrark and then there's six others.
3: A small platoon. <laughs> okay. Just a, an itty-bitty little platoon. They'll hardly notice they're there.
1: That, that's too many to have on topaz, it sounds like. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just hammered, and then a stack of kobolds on top. <laughs> Is anyone else getting a
3: bit
2: of a Prince Ali? My I mean, remember that the Cobolds very much made friends with Cell as well. Yeah, they did. Like yeah. Cell had been reaching out to them. They'd been working with them, you know. Cell
3: wasn't a terrifying despot. Of course they got along with Cell. Exactly. <laughs> In which case then, I am going to jump to all of you arriving at the village.
2: I'll probably explain at some point. I'll take Skrark aside and explain are they itinerary to them. Just, you know, kind of like we'll, we'll go on a boat for a couple of days. We'll cross to the other side of the mainland for another day and then we're going to get on an airship and travel halfway across the world. You know, this is what we're facing.
3: Skrark is customarily unforthcoming, with the exception of there's... You get the impression that if Skrark had eyebrows, he would have raised them at the idea of an airship. Mm. I am going to jump to... It is... It's about 3pm, give or take, because you were speaking with Wild at first light and the time it'll take you get some stuff together and then head over at a normal pace, not a frog march... You get there about 3pm. In terms of the village itself, it has become a bit of a hive of activity. Everyone has been putting off a lot of stuff due to the show-in situation and the weather. When was the last time people got to plough a field properly or set up a paddy and things like that? So as a result, everyone... It's kind of like that spring cleaning vibe where all the doors are open and everyone's getting there, making hay while well, the sun shines kind of thing. So it's quite busy with a lot of activity and like people are hammering and woodwork and farming and everyone's kind of going at it, really.
4: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say that there's a little group of gnomes playing some music and then there's an amplification device that Cell and Jasper have put together, which means that the entire village is kind of, you know, working together... Cleaning, stripping stuff out, like all stuff that has been sodden for a long time needs to be kind of replaced and rebuilt. There's people like they they're planting things in the in the soil in in time with the music, kind of thing. It's <laughs> it is a vibe.
3: You're you're all mashing with my musicals now, though, because what I have is Prince Ali is coming over the over the hilltop, and the first thing that they hear is. No, it's is, a world building. Kind
4: of yeah. <laughs> I ho. Not- I was thinking, hi ho too. Yeah, it's it's one of those kind of world-building songs where people are like, Oh, down in the village we're doing this and it's great love. (laughs) This character is moving through. They have these attributes. (laughs) 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 That sort of song, the sort of thing that is played by some gnomes on a little stage, amplified through the thing. Everyone's having a lovely time.
3: Agreed, agreed. You all convene in the square, surrounded by a bunch of villagers who are suddenly acting as if they didn't work on that choreography for months. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's a bit once more with feeling, kind of. like yeah. <laughs> They got the mustard, but it's... Yeah, they got the black mould
1: out! That kind of thing, <laughs> you know? As we'll make a comment to Hamid about... See, things can
2: be nice. This is nice. I agree. Yeah, it's lovely. <laughs> Hammond is smiley and wavy at everyone
1: Yay <laughs> I guess we go to Sal's shop yep. and knock on the door
2: Hey, buddies! How you doing? Hi, Cell, It's so good to see you. It's yeah! So, everything looks so great. I'm so glad they've done so well.
4: It's lovely, isn't it? So the, the people who are playing, that is uh, Gypsum and Jumper and That's Carly. That's so talented. Well. I'm really yes. impressed. I know. And the, the amplification device, like I gave him some tips, but this is actually Jasper's doing. Jasper, oh, come amazing. over here. Oh, it's Jasper here. Hi, Jasper. Uh, Jasper maybe takes a while to come, so Cell walks up behind the people. People that are playing the music, and then just shouts, Jasper to the shop.
3: <laughs> Jasper kind of pokes over with a hay bale that is far, far too large for him. Sort of coming over and
4: hey, hey, I just wanted, the, I, good. I just wanted. The people said that the, the the music was good, that everything was good. I thought that you should. Everything's hear.
2: been brilliant, Jasper. You, you did such a good job looking after this place. Oh yeah,
3: thanks. The the um, the the. The amplification was, uh, was tricky, but then we found some old uh, uh, casks uh, and then we just retrofitted them. It was dead
2: easy. Oh, uh, Jasper, I wanted to introduce you to, to all my friends. Hammond will start introducing the kobolds to Jasper.
3: I'm afraid that they have spread themselves out quite wide amongst the square already. Oh, fair enough. But um, they, they, they kind of come scoffering over the second that you uh, jest them and then they're, they're all stood to attention. They're, they're kind of intense... Huh.
4: Cell will rapidly translate between draconic and Japanese, which I assume is quite confusing for people. <laughs> oh, actually, Azzy would be the only person there that doesn't speak either. Like,
1: she's fine with that. Yeah. She just sort of stands there and watches. She gets the gist of what's happening and she's like, "What?" Well. I mean,
3: it's it's fairly straightforward because, bless him, Jasper immediately just resorts to, Hello! Uh, tea, tea, and then immediately is is gesturing to the tea set that's on the porch. He's like, tea, 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 as a solution to all of the problems.
4: I think that once they start drinking tea, Cell is going to excitedly explain the workings of the amplification device to the kobolds and perhaps ask them if they have any ideas about how it could be improved.
3: Okay, I'm going to skip to the end of that conversation with a suggestion mostly boils down to, tell you what, if you just kind of angled it a bit and used it as one big megaphone, you could all just get loads and loads of people yelling behind it and that would be well loud. (laughs) (laughs) they they seem to have got the idea that you want the loudest noise possible not necessarily the idea that there might need to be a quality attached to that in any way
4: I just remember that you said that they were all little like engineering prodigies and and fancy so so their their, their designs are great they're they're attempting to to build overly complex bridges here (laughs) Uh, oh hey
3: (laughs) hey it totally works it's just the, the conversation diverted initially because they were focusing mostly on well if you want something loud just blow something up but eventually Actually, you managed to, to get across the stuff that they were talking about, but yeah, I am going to accelerate past two. They
1: all actually just start making their own amplification stuff. It's a little workshop. Well, while that's going on, is going to say, so we think we found a way to travel to Svalbard.
4: Oh, really? Uh, I, I've been working on some stuff. Have you, did you, just, you know, I know we might be thinking the same thing, but Borrow through the center of the earth. Borrow through the center of the earth. You
1: No, think. the opposite actually.
4: Oh, if go you into wanted space? to,
1: I've always thought. N- no, if you wanted to come with us, you could. you are an airship, so flying through clouds. We and, have a.
2: A friend, a friend, a member of the, the the Harlequins, Amelia Earhart. She 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 is the is Harlequin's the captain...
4: supposed to mean something for me. I've, my English oh, it, is still a little. Oh, it's the organisation
2: that that Wild is working. Well, working with, I guess, not necessarily directly for. Some of the relationships are a bit complicated, actually. Earhart and Wild have a bit of a history. that they don't necessarily get on. But anyway, the point is, is that we think that
4: big mood, brother.
2: Yeah, yeah. The, the, the people we've been working with, you know, have a they have connections, and and we think that Captain. Earhart is going to be able to get us there. She has an airship. It's in uh, Hiroshima. Is that what That's what Wilde said? Y- um, yes, he said it was a big airport. Yeah, I think that's one of, one of the cities on the, the mainland. Uh, and, yeah. and we think that Earhart that will be willing to, to take us to Svalbard. Although he, he also said we might have to help her repair her ship first. Oh, but are there...
4: Maybe a lot, a lot of repairs they need doing.
2: I mean, we don't Not know at the, at, at the moment, basically. Complicated
4: but... repairs.
2: So, so the plan is to get to get a ship to the to the mainland, and then we'd probably have to travel by horse a couple of days or something to get to get to Hiroshima, and then uh-huh. work, work on this airship and sail sail through the skies all the way to Spalbard. I, I, I guess,
4: Grand. When we leave.
2: Uh, well, one of us to leave tomorrow morning if, if you could, could be ready in time. We'd, we'd really love to have you with us if you're still happy to come now that you've seen your village. Uh, yeah. And, and how well yeah. they're doing. I, mean, I don't want to pressure you. If, if you feel like you no. need to be here, we'd, we'd um, respect that decision, but we'd, we'd love to have you along.
4: Sel looks at the village and there's a slight kind of strain in their expression, but seeing everyone move around to the Disney music, let's be honest,
2: <laughs>
4: they they kind of take a moment. Yeah. Let's do this. That sounds fun. I think that that sounds like an entertaining and exciting and interesting and challenging uh, mission. Yes, we can do this. At which Uh, point,
3: there is an enormous roar. A huge, enormous roar.
4: Okay, plans changed. And I will
3: take a break there.
1: And
3: welcome back. So I believe I left you all with everything fine and a nice, simple roar echoing out ha- across Hammond. the uh, was island. was
2: halfway through throwing himself into a hug with Cell when he has to sort of catch it and be like, oh, dear.
3: <laughs> um, <laughs> Just as <does> a pirouette. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's a moment of everyone goes very, very still in the village and then you see a small cobalt head poke over what you thought was a pile of barrels and now very much is not <laughs> and is the loudest noise the cobalt can now currently make. I need to know which cobalt it is. You have their names, Bryn.
2: It is Mick.
3: Mick, could you now please add the personality quirk likes loud noises to Mick? <laughs> Everyone, once they realise what that is, calm down and go about their day again. It was very loud. Hmm
4: okay right cool all right that so plans can unchange and I always I say plans change <laughs> uh, they can they can unchange back to the plan and you know in fact if, if any of your cobbled friends uh, would like to stick around here I can see that that actually works as a pretty a pretty really interesting defensive mechanism I would say so mm. I could, could begins to say this in draconic to the cobbled mm.
2: ha- Hamid nods along enthusiastically but will let you make the offer of, of having them say basically. Scrock
4: takes a moment. Hmm.
3: I think it's a sensible suggestion, but uh, I think there'll likely need to be forces from the island.
4: Oh, OK. Uh, I just thought it might be something that they find fun. It wasn't a demand. I wouldn't ever make a demand of my new friends. It's tactically
2: astute. Well, I just thought, you know, now that the, the, you guys are in charge of, the, you know, what, what was formerly the, the, the Institute, this village is quite close, and you guys could, you know, have form a much better relationship than has existed in the past. And I just, you know, I think it'd be really useful for you guys to have contacts and, and stuff, I, I, I reckon.
3: Mm. Skrark takes a moment and then has a hurried conversation with one of the other kobolds, and then that kobold bolts out of the village ludicrously quickly. <laughs>
4: My expression mimics cells.
3: Oh, uh, I'm am sending a runner to the island.
4: Oh, I'm literally a runner. Uh, yeah, I respect that.
3: But for now, our bodyguard detail—he looks at Hamid—will remain.
1: Okay. Well, that's um, fine. <laughs> cool. In that
3: case, then, does anyone have an issue with me accelerating to? The morning of departure. Nope. Nope. Okay. Could everyone please give me a perception check?
1: Okay. Natural twenty. Natural twenty. Nice. <laughs>
4: Na- Whoa. Nice. Twenty-six. Oh, fine. <laughs> Twenty-eight.
2: Holy hell! I mean, my, my, my total is thirty-four. Just, just for the record.
4: Oh my- I mean, I only rolled a 14. <laughs>
2: yes.
3: I absolutely hate letting you guys, like, stack up to, like... It, it, you know what it is? It's because you don't have more penalties than positives. <laughs>
1: That's yeah. my bad. I can fix this. Well, in <laughs> that case, I got 31... I, I just saw natural 20 didn't bother to add anything onto it. I mean, that was the, the correct
4: perception. thing. Bryn just wanted to perception wave. <laughs>
3: <laughs> just waving it all over everyone. I just just laying to get my it big fat there. bonus
2: just out on the table in front of everyone.
3: <laughs> <laughs> As the heavy dice lands with a thud. Um, right. So, in terms of things that you're all noticing, Nanny, is this is literally just a, 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 a glance at the squad that you're going to be setting off with. Barnes and Carter aren't there. Wild has said that they'll be waiting at the fishing vessel that they've managed to get hold of to transport to the mainland. Obviously, there's no horses and so on because the journey isn't that far at this end towards the vessel. Other things to note: everyone actually got high enough. It's been a while, so I'll mention it again. Wild is still wearing some sort of manacles around his feet.
4: Oh no! I mean, surely
3: you wouldn't need very high perception to notice. Not that. chained. Well, you say that, so he uh, he's. As he's sort of, like, faffing around and it's kind of reminded... its You notice he's been wearing clothes that can best be described as starting to approach bell-bottoms. <laughs> oh, my God, Wild and Flares. Basically, yeah, but he is still wearing those anti-magic manacles. Other things to bear in mind are the uh, Cobalt have all returned up to full, like, squad, the runner has returned. They must be able to cover long distances real well. <laughs> mm. But they are up to full capacity. Wild himself is... He looks practical in a way that I don't think anyone apart from Zulf would have seen before. He has a backpack. It's weird. And, like, he's wearing a a wide-brimmed hat, but it might actually be just because it's quite sunny, not to make a point. There's not even a feather in it. Other things to note is the inn is... You notice that the village itself surrounding the inn, there are a few new faces kicking around they're not literally going into the inn or anything like that at this stage but you zolf specifically are used to this being a ghost town and who knows why maybe word got out or something but a couple of people have started to sort of set up shop in houses that have been left empty for months with that in mind while takes a moment has a look at the inn turns around everyone got everything they need yep yes you look very prepared i mean yes <laughs> Just- just, just saying. Just. Wild starts walking towards the coast.
1: Follow Wild. As he feels embarrassed.
3: <laughs> yeah, he'll do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, if you all start heading off, then it is a comparatively similar walk to the one that you made to the uh, island, though it's not exactly the same route. And in about half a day, I'd say you make it towards the coast, and on the actual coast proper there is a fishing vessel just off the beach. It is a beach down to it, so there isn't like a dock or anything, and it is going to be a sort of wading through the water to get onto it. But you can see Barnes and Carter on a... Probably one of the biggest fishing vessels of the island are just there out giving a sort of signal wave to you all.
1: As he waves back.
3: (laughs) Wild sort of hoicks his backpack over his head and starts wading out to the the vessel. I'm assuming you all do the same.
1: I might sort of try and give as many small... Members of the party at hand because if it's going to be wading, then they might quite quickly be up to their necks. Reverse pyramid. Yeah, that thing where someone's on a motorbike
2: <laughs> and everyone. <laughs> I'll cast fly on myself probably if I don't th- oh, okay. it's too fine. deep for me to wade at least. it. It
3: is. I'm afraid for anyone who is below like medium yeah. height, you, you're going to be doing a little bit of a swim, I guess. What's uh, medium height? I'm afraid Zolf would currently be looking at a little bit of a swim unless you use your levitation. Yeah. You would, your. I was going to say your halberd. You're not using a halberd, it's a glaive, glaive, right? Yeah. Yeah. Your glaive is of sufficient length that you can punt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, to everyone else's eyes, you're. I suppose you're riding an invisible gondola towards the ship <laughs> now I think about that look.
2: <laughs> Amazing. Wonder uh- Woman has an invisible plane, Zolf has an invisible gondola.
4: <laughs> I don't know what the details are for when one uses a transform spell and then is carrying stuff. so It gets
3: absorbed into you.
4: It gets absorbed into you. Okay, well yep. then Cell's going to be a dolphin.
3: Although well, there's a weird little clarification, I think, in an obscure corner of Pathfinder, which is if you're carrying more than your character capacity in your transform... The spare bits just kind of go and drop beside you.
4: Well, Cell's got a bag of holding. I think they were given a bag. Yeah,
3: I think you're fine. I think you're uh, fine.
4: Yeah, Cell's going to be a dolphin and is going to occasionally leap over the party in a graceful (laughs) lot.
2: I'll ferry the kobolds one by one in the air.
1: Oh. Azu doesn't get to help anyone. (laughs) The ones that can't fit on Azu.
3: For once, the kobolds that are going to get shuttled comply. (laughs) <laughs> oh, apart from Skrark, sorry. Yeah, Scroke's swimming. That's fair. Interestingly, they swim the way that... Have you ever seen, like, larger lizards swim, where they do the kind of use-their-tail-as-a-propeller kind of dealy. Like a crocodile. It's quite cool. Anyway, you'll get aboard the vessel. Barnes and Carter are there. There's no fishermen on the vessel, but they immediately set off. It is a sailing ship, to be clear. Barnes is under the impression that it'll take about probably the rest of the day, and you'll be getting into port at night and Wild lets you all know that there should be, all going well, some horses waiting for you at the drop-off point so you can immediately press on after a, maybe a short rest, but he advises you all to take a rest whilst you're on the vessel. OK. Anyone want to do any RPing or anything other than chill on the vessel before you get there? I look distinctly uncomfortable for the
0: entire journey. Understood. OK. It's like
2: going back to the place your ex works, isn't it?
0: <laughs> Except that ex could kill me. Yeah.
3: And everyone else! Yep. No spontaneous storms spring up around the vessel focused entirely on Zolf as much as I want to. (laughs) And I really, really do want to. That doesn't happen.
1: Well, it would be Aphrodite versus Poseidon, wouldn't it? So, personally, I think Aphrodite would win.
0: Uh, You're in his house, unfortunately.
1: (laughs) Aphrodite doesn't care about that. (laughs) She'll go to
3: anyone's house. I... I love the way you're describing it makes, <laughs> makes um, Poseidon a little bit more like the Godfather. You come into my ocean I mean, and you it's, tell me how to
0: treat my people. It's the Greek
3: gods. They are a mob family. <laughs> <laughs> they absolutely are. Okay, cool. In that case, then, the journey is utterly uneventful.
4: How long is it? It
3: is... In minutes?
4: Maybe six hours. Oh, okay. Cell is only a dolphin for the first sort of nine minutes of that. Here's the
3: thing. You can just take a rest and then, you know, go again a couple of times if you want to burn all of your uh, slots on...
4: Not Not all of them. Not all of them. They're having fun, but they're not... They're not a crazy person.
3: You all, you see, I'm so proud of you all. you all gotten so cautious. I'm like, would you like to have fun? And you're all like, only if it spends no precious rest or resources.
1: <laughs> well, you know what? If, if Sel is a dolphin and having fun, can we do, like, some kind of game where, like, Azure holds out her arm and Sel tries to jump over it? Absolutely. I think that, w- I think that would be nice. <laughs>
3: I am going to jump ahead to coming into port. Okay. <laughs> In which case then, coming into port. Port is a very strong word. There is a dock, there are some buildings. This constitute the port. It is not a large area, it is a provincial little side port and it is basically for... It's a fishing village, to all intents and purposes.
4: Uh, hey... Folks, while we're here, I mean, it was many years ago that I was last here because, of course, you know the world situation as it was. But there was a restaurant here. It was called the the Soggy Fisherman, uh, which I I think we should absolutely look up if we if we have a moment. I mean, I don't know if how it's it's been it's been a lot of years. Oh, and humans don't live that long. Um, hmm.
1: there's no harm in in checking, and you know businesses get passed down. True. Wilde suggests that you all maybe
3: actually go to the place whilst he makes sure that all of the horses and equipment are ready for you, but he knew that you were going to have a bit of a time between anyway, so yeah. If you want to go uh, eat at the uh, Soggy Fisherman...
4: Absolutely. Actually, thinking about it, it's probably only been about three, four years. So it just gets mixed up with time. <laughs> In which case then, does everyone
3: wish to go to the Soggy Fisherman, yes or
4: no?
2: Yeah. Sure.
4: Yes.
3: So, the Soggy Fisherman is a very down at heel looking place it is weather beaten to the point of like being problematic there are broken planks and everything it looks from the outside to be a little bit of a mess however the second that you're inside it is quite cozy it's warm and the food smells incredible absolutely incredible and I'm going to say that you all have probably the best meal you've had in ages. Mm. Obviously, it is going to be primarily fish and uh, seafood and so on. However... Also rude, since <laughs> I've been cooking. I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. In fairness, you did do... it, I certainly remember you doing a couple of decent like cook checks, didn't you? You got a natural 20 on one of them, I think. You
1: did a really yeah. good breakfast.
3: Yes, that was it. I'm, I'm sorry, but at the same time, pro- professional chef who's been doing it for 40 years... <laughs> who hasn't had customers in a long time. They got player levels? (laughs) Didn't think
0: so.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I'm desperately scanning through my brain in the Pathfinder ones. I think they could have a level in Aristocrat, because that includes high-level business. Don't think they're the ones doing the cooking at that point. (laughs) A little bit. So, yeah, you are treated really, really well. It's not problematic or anything. It's just over the course of it, it becomes clear they've not had much business. The storms have meant that things have been kind of hard. And as a result, they are pulling out all the stops because it's been a while since they've been able to fuss over people. So there's a lot of...
2: Is, Is it a sushi restaurant? Are they serving a sushi? Absolutely. Hamid loves it. Hamid is so excited by sushi. He's never had it before. And he is like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing.
3: They have a specialty of, uh, yeah, basically tropical fish is a major specialty of theirs. But, yeah, you also notice that they have effectively fish tanks in the the building itself. But, yeah, I'm going to skip past this meal. It's an interesting restaurant.
2: Hamid overpays it to quite an embarrassing extent.
3: (laughs) (laughs) The chef recognises you are doing so and humbly accepts it because times have been hard. Uh, I would say, then, that we jump ahead to reconvening outside the... Village squares a push, empty dirt yard near a warehouse, <laughs> where there are a number of horses and a cart waiting. Barnes and Carter are already upon their horses, wilds upon his, the cart seems to be intended for the cobolds, who who hop up as well. And you each have a horse. Obviously, there is a Shetland for Hamid and another Shetland for Zolf. Cell. Mm. out of curiosity, this might not be a thing that I can do. Do you have knowledge local at all?
4: No, I don't have ranks in it.
3: OK, fair enough. I'm going to have to just give you some generic stuff of... Cell, you know for a fact that Japan as an area...
4: I've got a lot of history.
3: Yeah, yeah, give me knowledge history, that will do it. But this is only specifically for cell, I'm afraid.
4: 26.
3: Yeah, that'll do it. So, historically, Japan has been a gnome-heavy area for a long time it's a center for sort of magitech and so on and additionally as a result one of the things that you'll notice as you start heading through the countryside is it heavily caters towards smaller humanoids a lot of things where it's like if you're going past a house that has steps it also has a set of steps at smaller distances to make it easier to get up things like there are banisters at lower levels and things like that and as you start setting off through the countryside, it it becomes apparent to the others as well, but just for self-benefit, it's because the known is very high, probably highest in the world for, like, human-settled lands, if you see what I mean. But as a result, yeah, there is a heavy catering towards smaller people in the environment, and there are entire herds of Shetland ponies to cater to this set of needs as well. But night starts to sort of draw in, but Wilde seems intent on trying to minimise the time and pushing on and maybe camping on the road rather than waiting at the village, if everyone's okay with that. Mm
4: -hmm. Mm
3: -hmm. Yep. Okay. In that case, then, it is going to be a few days of journey. I don't have a major shocking revelation to drop on you during these few days. He's (laughs) just saying
4: that so it's more shocking.
3: (laughs) It's a very me move. We're in a weird new world order where downtime's on the cards. I'm struggling, but I'm getting there. Does anyone have anything that they want to cover on the RP side? It is going to be a few days of just travelling through what is effectively rural countryside along roads, but not, like, key roads or anything. You're heading down sort of back roads a little bit deliberately. The weather will remain good and the area is primarily farmland and maybe some woodland as well here and there.
2: Hamid probably finishes his sewing project, which he's been, you know, sneaking a couple of hours in on in in the evenings in his tent and then we'll present it to Azu. Oh, uh, Azu, I um, I I made you something.
3: Oh. <laughs> he hands you what you for a while thought was maybe the covering for the cart that no one was using. <laughs> Cuz it's huge.
1: Azu it sort of picks it up and turns around and is like, "What what well, is we're, it?"
2: We're we're headed to, to you know to quite far north and just, you know, sometimes it it, get, it gets really cold there and you know we, we we haven't really traveled to, to anywhere cold before so i, I just i thought I'm, i'd make you like um you know a, a, a nice w- warm c- coat oh hamid I've, I've kind of run out of materials but i really want to make them for everyone as well but I, this is just the one i i i, 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 I made first oh well, i i don't need one i've i've got my own stuff oh okay yeah i mean i can i can if 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 you don't want one that's fine i just as soon as i get more materials i was just going to make cuz but that, that, that's fine, of course. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I haven't been to the the, the north before, and I, I don't think Azure has either. I, sell I don't know if you've got any sort of cold cold weather stuff, or I, I could make you one as uh, well.
4: No, I actually, uh, I mean, sometimes it gets cold on the, the ocean sometimes, and I, I yeah, the, the occasional, you know, the, the odd mountain, but I've, n- I've never actually been that far north when I think about it. Not even that far south. That's, uh, I mean, quite quite far south but not that far not this far south and I
2: well I just thought it would be helpful to have some but I mean if if you've already got some then obviously I won't you know uh, but if you wanted something new or anything I could could have a go Um, but but try it on Azu I want to see if it it fits alright
1: Azu eventually finds the (laughs) armhole's (laughs)
3: So it actually fits really well, and it doesn't cost you any mobility or anything like that. It's just he made a coat that goes over armour. Like, the problem is in the conception, not the execution. That's the best (laughs) way to describe it.
1: She wears it anyway, and she puts the hood up, and she does a big grin, and she says, Thank you very much. And then she picks Hamid up to hug him. And I'm assuming that this coat is made of, like, fur or something. It's probably made of, like, three different furs
3: cobbled together. You've done the best you can to turn it into, like, maybe, like, the lapels are one and the back's another or whatever. But you didn't quite have accurate, like, equal amounts, so you've had to work around it a little bit.
1: Well, that's fine. It just means there's a very warm and snuggly hug.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, very warm. Very, very warm. Like... Really
2: warm. You are in a almost <laughs> tropical environment. Warm.
4: <laughs> Azu, you look amazing. She still wears it for as long as possible.
2: <laughs> as soon as we get more, I'm gonna I'm gonna work on making one for my, myself and, and, oh, and one for sale. Oh, yeah,
4: I, I would that, be so grateful, be Hamid. Azu um, looks incredible. You should be very proud. Oh, thank you, thank
2: you. Carter pipes up. Can I have one? Yeah, of course. I mean, anyone anyone who needs one. How are your pockets? Um, yeah, pretty pretty good. I think. Wicked. There's, there's a couple on there's a couple on that one. If you if you have a look, Azu as who <laughs> demonstrates as if she's on a catwalk, she turns to one side she turns to the other i mean it's just a, just a question of materials i can it, it i'm not very quick but i can make as as many as we want really so so yeah okay, so one to sale one for me and and one for you and you, you sure you sure you don't want one solf? i mean i well it sounds like you're covered it sounds like you've yeah, already got perfectly good i mean yeah
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. if you change your mind I'm happy to share
0: uh, I, I think that would be a bit bit big for me so I'd probably, probably share it
1: <laughs> it'd make a serviceable tent though well it could be repurposed but then you wouldn't have it <laughs> I'm just saying if anything went wrong I'm happy to share any of my supplies with you Sol
0: <laughs> no, no, Noted
1: <laughs> the name Zolf
3: Smith, conversation killer. <laughs> Licensed to
2: awkward. Oh, I should probably make sweaters for the cobbles as well. I don't want them
3: getting <gasps> I am going either. to accelerate time Two. as you continue, you keep drawing more and more stairs from what are basically rural farm folk going is it a circus? It looks like a circus. (laughs) It must be a circus. Ooh! But as you start approaching, it starts getting a little bit more developed and starts converting from field to slightly more developed, sort of, it has more of a town vibe. You crest a low-ish slope and then you see laid out before you Hiroshima. It is an odd looking city. It is... If you took high high art like cathedral architecture, sweeping domes, huge like balustrades and things like that, and then smashed it into like a factory setting, insofar as there is a monorail. All of the buildings seem very old and very artistic and very high culture but everything in between it is pushing the tech side. Again, you're looking at lots of horseless carriages and so on, which seem to be running, which, given that you took out the Mr Ceiling stuff, is unusual. Effectively, it's as if someone industrialised Vatican City.
2: Hmm. OK.
3: It's a, it's a weird one. And on that weird note, I think I'm going to end the episode there before we head into the city proper. Cool. OK. How are we feeling? We all OK?
4: Yeah.
2: That was too relaxing, Alex.
4: Yeah, I don't trust you and I don't trust
2: this. You're making us nervous.
1: Yeah.
3: That is the mm. plan. So I'm Waiting. glad. In that case then. Oh, yeah, I'm going to wrap it up there. I'm looking forward to doing the next recording where something might happen other than making a coat, but who knows?
1: Mm. It
2: was a very lovely coat. I think making a coat is pretty exciting. <laughs> it's a good bonding moment.
1: Mm. Yeah.
3: You know what? I'm going to call it there. Look after yourselves and uh, we'll be with you all next week. Bye guys. Bye. Bye. Rusty Quill Gaming is a podcast distributed by Rusty Quill and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution non-commercial share-alike 4.0 international license. Today's episode was directed by Alexander J. Newell and produced by April Sumner. To subscribe, buy merchandise or join our Patreon, visit RustyQuill.com. Rate and review us online, tweet us at the Rusty Quill. visit us on Facebook or email us via mail at RustyQuill.com. Join our community on the Discord via the website or on Reddit at r slash RustyQuill. Thanks for listening. Hi everyone, Alex here. I'd just like to take a moment to thank some of our patrons L. Lunovic, Clay Cameron, Crisp Dreamer, Robert Hubert, Zoe Depore, Lindy McClusing It, Mariah Day, Shay Topaz, Ida Karoliusen, Patrick Lusk, Frood, Bella Choi, Daniela, Jonathan, Lauren Smithwick, Gil, Taro, Desiree Certain, Maggie Benson, Mundetiam. Ruth Harris, Abel Strictly, Neely, Chiara Di Filippo, Beau, Molly Bushby Medlin, B. Murray, Van Bedard, Harrison Regan, Space Ghosts, M. Whalen, Seven Goblins in a Trenchcoat, Escherzo, Kia Benedict, Destiny Rivers, Danny Urbina, Lair, Nick Gilbert, P.J. Bradley, Cinderane, Elliot Bonetto, Amanda Bolts, Monica, Reese Whittemore, Levy, Cliff, Sarah Bench, Ellen McLaughlin, Circa, Lee, Ali, and Jakara. Thank you all. We really appreciate your support. If you'd like to join them, go to www.patreon.com forward slash RustyQuill and take a look at our rewards.
2: So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything.
1: Hi, everyone. It's Helen here, voice of Azu, Enola, and Laverne, and host of Enthusiasm. Today, I'm here to tell you about Divisor, a podcast on the RQ network. Divisor is a dark science fiction audio drama with elements of horror from Harlan Guthrie, the mastermind behind the unsettling and addictive series Malevolent. In this immersive tale, we follow Sun, a young man who awakens aboard a spaceship bound for Earth on a mission to recolonize a desolate planet. However, Sun's journey takes a sinister turn, and he discovers unsettling truths about his world and himself. The entire series is available for you to listen to right now. So, search for Diviser, that's D-E-V-I-S-E-R, wherever you listen to podcasts. Or visit www.diviser.ca or www.rustyquill.com for more information. That's all from me. Enjoy your episode.